Welcome to Grace Notes. When you think of Christmas decorations, what comes to mind? Probably a lot of things, but surely a Christmas tree. They are so popular that this year's estimated sales for Christmas trees in the U.S. alone are three to four billion dollars. Most stores are even setting up displays as early as mid-October. While the trees may be just a decoration or a business for some people, for the believer they hold a special meaning. But it wasn't always the case. On our program today, our host Barbara Sambeck will share some of the history behind the Christmas tree as we know it today. Here's an excerpt from Christianity Today about the origin of the Christmas tree. The evergreen tree was an ancient symbol of life in the midst of winter. Romans decorated their houses with evergreen branches during the new year, and ancient inhabitants of northern Europe cut evergreen trees and planted them in boxes inside their houses in wintertime. Many early Christians were hostile to such practices because the tree had been used for the worship of pagan gods. But by the early Middle Ages, the legend had grown that when Christ was born in the dead of winter, every tree throughout the world miraculously shook off its ice and snow and produced new shoots of green. At the same time, Christian missionaries preaching to Germanic and Slavic peoples were taking a more lenient approach to cultural practices such as evergreen trees. These missionaries believed that the Incarnation proclaimed Christ's lordship over those natural symbols that had previously been used in pagan worship. The most likely theory is that Christmas trees started with medieval plays which celebrated the Nativity and were linked to the story of creation, in part because Christmas Eve was also considered the feast day of Adam and Eve. These plays were banned in many places in the 16th century, and people then began to set up trees in their homes. They were often hung with round pastry wafers, symbolizing the Eucharist, which developed into the cookie ornaments hung today. The customs gained popularity throughout the 17th and 18th centuries, with many churches setting up Christmas trees inside the sanctuary. In the English-speaking world, the union of gifts, trees, and Christmas was due to the influence of Queen Victoria and her husband, Prince Albert, who set up an elaborate tree for their children at Windsor Castle in 1841. At this point, Christmas presents were usually hung on the tree itself. The article concludes with a reminder for all believers. As many of us make trees and gifts the center of our own Christmas practice— we would do well to remember that they are ultimately symbols of the one who gave himself to unite heaven and earth and who brings all barren things to flower. Shepherds gaze in wonder While angel voices sing
I must confess, I am not a fan of the Christmas season. There are so many expectations and obligations. People go crazy buying, decorating, baking, all to celebrate a day rather than an event. No wonder there's frustration, anxiety, and depression. There's little time to think about what we're celebrating. Everyone is too busy to take advantage of the opportunities to proclaim Christ, the hope people are looking for. Plus, society is distorting the real meaning. I saw a supposed Christmas story on TV the other night that ended up by saying that the true meaning of Christmas is adopting a dog. To top it off, I am not a fan of trimming the Christmas tree either. Perhaps it's because I just don't have the patience to deal with lights and ornaments. My tree decorating attempts yield one unsightly tree, so I find every excuse I can to vacate the room when that task is happening. But last year, I decided to do something about my aversion. I bought a seven-foot slimline pre-lit tree for the circumference of only one foot. Instead of putting the typical decorations on it, though, I made ornaments with the name of some of the gifts Jesus gave us because he came. Love, joy, peace, hope, grace, and salvation. I leave it up all year to remind me of these and to help me appreciate the gifts on a daily basis. I was wondering the other day what it would be like if Jesus, our Savior, hadn't come to this earth Our pain and suffering would have no meaning, no divine audience or help. Our life would simply be ruled by fate. There would be no hope to live and no hope beyond this life. That's pretty sad. What would it be like if Jesus never came? Would it still be Christmas? Would it still be Christmas? If the Christ child never came Could it still be Christmas Or just another Oh,
to make Christmas different, how about you? Here are some ways we can celebrate Christmas as believers. Make a birthday cake and decorate it for Jesus' birthday. Sing old Christmas carols. Read the Christmas story several times. Put up a manger scene and keep it up all year long. Be sure to reenact the scene as you put the figurines in it. Help a needy family in the name of Jesus. Invite a lonely person to dinner. Visit a sick person in the hospital. Just hold their hand and talk to them. And last but not least, give a special gift to Jesus. Not what's left after the other gifts are bought. Put him first on your list. After all, it's his birthday. Let's see beyond the familiar and celebrate the true meaning, the entrance of the eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all-righteous, all-holy, and glorious God of the universe into our world. God placed his greatest gift on the tree, the cross, to bring us new birth, new life. Now that's the best reason to celebrate. been listening to Grace Notes. If you've been blessed by this ministry, your note of encouragement would be greatly appreciated. You can write to us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or email us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. We'll be sharing more about the gifts under the Christmas tree. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.